You're listening to Unraveling Rachel. This podcast is all about this journey that we call life and how we can live it more authentically so that it sucks less and feels better. Sounds good, huh? Hi there, my friends. Welcome to the third weekly unraveling episode. I am renaming it. I was calling it the weekly download, but since it's Unraveling Rachel, weekly unraveling makes a lot more sense. It flows and it's really what it is. It's what I've been unraveling this week, what's happening for me, what I'm going through, insights and all that kind of stuff. There isn't really necessarily always going to be a plan. Sometimes it's just a recap. Um, Sometimes I might have something more intentional to say. Today, I've got a little bit of both. I am, I've made a commitment to myself to record on Thursdays, which I successfully kept for the first two of these unravelings. Um, This one I'm recording on Friday. And you know what? That's okay. I am okay with that. I tried to fit it in and force it in last night, but it just didn't work. And that's okay. Sometimes this is where the, my my um, commitment to compassion, there we go. There's two of my uh, intentions for the year in one sentence there. My commitment to compassion for myself comes in because yesterday I accomplished a lot. I kept commitments that I had for um, meal prep, for meeting with a friend, for attending a five-year-old's very important birthday dinner. And it just so happened that I didn't have time to do the podcast and I do have time today. So that's okay. Uh, I could have woken up a little bit earlier yesterday and gotten it done, but I also needed sleep. And that's really important too. So anyway, here I am recording it on a Friday after a really, really awesome Thursday. And I have a couple of things that I want to share here. First, um, it was a really good week. And I met a new friend that I encountered at my favorite coffee shop last Thursday. We ended up having coffee yesterday and meeting a lovely couple visiting from Seattle um, who happened to be having coffee there. And there were just a lot of little kind of interesting, crazy, synchronistic sort of connections that were there with, with them. And it was really just a pleasure. And I, um, I, there's a person walking up my sidewalk and it's kind of weird. I think they're going to the neighbor's house. Um, I'm recording at my desk again instead of in my closet. So where was I? Uh, the, yeah, really, really great time with her, really great connections and just a magical kind of day. And I look forward to um, connecting with these people again, my new friend, Amy and um, Clint and Emily, I believe their names were. I'm so much better at um, remembering the things that we talked about than the names sometimes. Um, 
And what else? I feel like there was something more to this week. Oh, yeah. Had a roommate that was supposed to move in and bailed at the very last minute, which is not cool. Not cool at all. And I was pretty upset about it. But in hindsight, there's just also relief because I realized that there was something that didn't sit well with me about it in the first place. And it was just a little bit of a nagging thing. And I was not going to make a big deal out of it because it didn't seem like it should be a big deal. And things played out how they played out. And it just means that there's now an opening for something different and something better to flow in. And there's a lesson learned too about being more insistent on um, collecting monies up front, getting contracts signed, things like that, uh, that I knew from my property management time, but also felt like maybe, hey, I'm being a little too hypervigilant about this and I can just like relax and go with it. So looking for a roommate and trusting that that will work out. Okay, so the two things that I really want to talk about. The first is something that I realized uh, as I was talking with my new friend Amy yesterday about commitment and difficulties that I've had in committing to things and follow through. You know, that's one of the reasons that I decided to do the January Simple Abundance reading that I've been doing over on Instagram. And I, yesterday morning, before I went and met her for coffee, I I let myself sleep in, as I mentioned. And then when I realized, okay, I need to get up and get moving, there was this temptation to roll out of bed and just go straight to the shower because I needed to get on with my day. And I've mentioned before how transitions can be sort of a, a anxiety provoking thing for me. And I, I thought about it and I was like, well, I could roll, I could roll out of bed. I could just get in the shower and then like make my bed after and my hair will be drying, like trying to like maximize my time and everything. But it just didn't feel very good because I realized that I've, I've made it a habit and, and to make my bed as I get out of my bed. I don't even realize it anymore. It just is something that I do. And when there was that temptation, I guess, I don't know, for my, my ego to, to feel like, oh, everything else is so much important to to leave that behind and to change that habit, I didn't really like it. And then I got to thinking about the fact that I make my bed at all, which is kind of a big deal because I was that person, especially when I was younger, that was like, why would I make my bed if I'm just going to get back into it, you know? And somewhere along the way, I remember hearing some speech about um, why it's important to make the bed and thinking, okay, like I, I would like to be more disciplined in my life. I would like to, you know, make some changes and I'll, I'll start making my bed. And I've just come to love it. I love, 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 love it. I thought about 
not doing it and getting in the shower and then coming back to it. But the thought of coming back to my bed unmade felt icky. It felt like I deserved to have this nice shower and then come into my room and just see the bed nice and put together and inviting and not have to worry about it instead of putting it off and then feeling like there was more to do. It was like that trade-off of getting in the shower a little earlier just wasn't worth it. And I I do this with other things in my life too. And they say how you do one thing is how you do all things. And, you know, I don't know that's always true, but there's definitely truth to it there because like, it's like taking clothes off the hanger and then leaving it until I get home from work. Um, how much time would it take to just put the clothes back on the hanger? That's something I'm working on. But something that I am no longer working on, something that doesn't take any thought anymore, is making the bed. I like thinking about not doing it yesterday was like made me reflect and go, this is something that I just do, that I rarely think about doing until this moment. And how cool is that to have that habit? And I thought about it again when I came home from that five-year-old's birthday party and I was tired from the day and my bed was there all nicely made and inviting. And I, I did that for myself. First thing in the morning, I thought to set up future me for that moment of pleasure and of satisfaction and accomplishment. So I think that's like that one thing that I do every day that I just like, I never regret it. I never regret making my bed. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, it takes no time and I just don't regret it. And it brings me a lot of comfort and a lot of, of joy when I'm paying attention to it, you know? Uh, so that's, that's that. If you, if you do one thing a day, if you're not a a bed maker, give it a try, see how it feels. See uh, if, if it, um, if it makes a difference to you at all. Um, and if it seeps into other places in your life, I'm seeing it seep into other places in my life as well. Like I said, like with the clothes and stuff. So the second thing that I want to talk about is what's coming up for this week. And um, we are at the end of January. I've successfully committed to my morning readings, which I'm going to keep up from Simple Abundance. And I have successfully, I feel like really treated myself with compassion and and been taking care of myself. And I want to commit to another thing this, this coming month. And that is going to be food for me. February, whoops, hit my desk drawer. I don't know if you'll hear that or if I can edit it out. Anyway, February is going to be for food and and alcohol, kind of. Um, I have spoken about this before, how 
food can be very emotional for me and it's something that I turn to for comfort, especially in times of anxiety or upset. And it is what I use to what what the life coach Brooke Castillo calls buffer. Food is a way of buffering for me of not feeling uncomfortable and avoiding something. Some people use alcohol, some people use exercise, there are all kinds of ways to buffer and avoid emotions. Um, Alcohol, luckily, I mean, it's, it's been something that I've used, but in, in recent years, I've been exploring my relationship to that a lot more and not liking how it makes me feel. So the last several months, I have been toying with the idea of being sober and just quitting drinking. And I've hesitated to declare myself as a sober person because it feels restrictive. I fear not being able to, like, what if I fail? I guess. And is it necessary to make that declaration? What's the point? That's a question I've got. So what I've decided is that when I want to drink, that I've just been asking myself why. Why do I want to drink? What is it that I'm feeling in the moment that I think a drink is going to change? How is a drink going to make it better? How How is a drink going to ha- enhance the experience? What is there a different way that I can feel comfortable with the experience as it is? Like what's wrong with the experience? Everything that we do is for the sake of altering our experience in some way, right? So if, if I'm reaching for alcohol to change the experience of hanging out with my friends or a dinner out or a night after work, what is it about what I'm experiencing that in that moment that I want to change? And I, the, the answer for me has often been wanting to feel more comfortable in my own skin or to um, just like feel fancy I guess like I was having a nice dinner with my dad and had a steak and a glass of red wine sounded really good. But that's just some association that I've been trained to make and think that ooh, wine tastes good with food, but also my sparkling water tasted really good too. And the steak itself was pretty delicious and didn't really need anything more. So I passed on the wine. Uh, and that's something that I've, I, so I've been doing this with alcohol for a while now. Um, and food is harder for me. Food is something that is around all the time that we need to live. And it's more my crutch. It's more my thing. So it feels a little bit more uh, intimidating to do, but also I realize how necessary it is, especially with the health stuff that I've been go that I've got going on and alcohol too. Alcohol is not good for, um, it's just not good for us. 
it's poison pretty much. And it doesn't serve my body. I don't feel very good after I drink it anymore. I don't really feel very good when I drink it anymore. I, I like how I feel sober. Now, I wish, <laughs> well, I can. Okay, so I can say the same thing about how I feel when I don't eat junk food, but for some reason, I still want to eat junk food. I still want to eat sugar, and I still want to eat carbs, and I still want to eat, like, an entire bag of potato chips at a time sometimes. So February is going to be about food and alcohol for me. It kind of already, I've, I've decided, you know, I explained what my approach to drinking and I'm going to keep that up and abstain from alcohol in February. I guess the difference is, is that I'm actually saying I am abstaining from alcohol for the month of February. And there are other changes that I would like to make in regards to how it is that I fuel my body. And now I I am choosing to do it this month because it's time. I just feel that it's, it's time. And also because in February of 2014, I did a cleanse with my friend Shannon when I was working at the defense contractor and She encouraged me and a few other women to do this 28-day cleanse where it was vegan, no refined sugar, no gluten, no no alcohol, um, no processed foods, like just whole foods, plant-based, and really, really clean. Uh, Still had some sugar from natural sugars, but not not as much. It was a, it was a lot of plants and I felt amazing. It was after that cleanse that my major symptoms, uh, intensified, I guess. And probably because I went back to eating more of a stand standard American diet. I mean, not, not entirely because at that point I had already been paleo before that. And I, I ate a lot more veggies, but I still went back to regular pasta and pizza and beer. I started dating my boyfriend, my partner, Graham, and I started drinking a lot more. Um, And that's when I discovered that I was gluten intolerant, that dairy didn't work for me, and had to make some more changes. And since that cleanse, I've I've been up and down in my my eating, and sometimes it's good, good, uh, air quotes over here, um, and sometimes it's more out of control. It, you know, it's really been dependent on what's going on in my life. I know what foods feel good in my body, and sometimes I just choose to ignore it because there's more comfort, immediate comforting, like pleasure numbing, escaping, buffering in some of the other things that maybe don't serve my body as well. So that being said, I want to make like a little disclaimer about what I'm going to talk about. There are all kinds of approaches to food. For some people, being vegan feels great to their bodies and to their minds and appeals to their compassion. For some people, they choose to eat meat. They feel that they need meat. For some people, low-carb keto is better. For other people, paleo is just fine. And there are all kinds of labels that can be put on how we eat and all that. And 
I'm not really interested in defining what my my way of eating is going to be for February. My focus is more on um, the quality of the things that I put into my body and uh, sugar. Uh, so I'm going to do no sugar. Sugar has been really hard for me. I love sugar. I love sweet things. And I also love potato chips. So it's no sugar, no potato chips. In general, I'm going to be lowering my carbs and eating more vegetables cooked for me, but eating more of like a rainbow assortment of veggies. I like veggies, but sometimes I get in a rut with like just simple spinach and broccoli. And uh, it is important to eat the rainbow, not Skittles, but nature's rainbow. And then hydration. Hydration is going to be a focus of mine, making sure that I'm drinking water first thing in the morning before I have coffee. I think I'm going to let myself have coffee. I hadn't written that out in my things. So I'm going to think about that in my, in my things, meaning my notes and my commitments to myself. Um, and then portions, which for me with a shortened digestive system is important. And part of the emotional eating is wanting more when I'm not, when I don't really need more and when I'm already full and then mealtimes, not eating really late at night because it's hard on my digestive system. And also that's a time when I want to snack when I come home from work and it just doesn't work. So I'm also going to be reducing the amount of animal products that I eat, but I'm not going to cut it completely. I'm going to move my focus to fish. I am still going to eat some chicken and I will still eat some beef liver because I have some liver pate that I made and I've had a hard time um, getting enough iron. I've been anemic since the surgery. So that's an important way for me to get that. And it's from grass-fed local cows that I get at the farmer's market. And um, let's see what else. Yeah, that's going to be, those are going to be my animal products. And I've already been limiting that and just upping the the amount of veggies that I eat. Um, And I'm going to document all of this. I'm going to document all of it on Instagram. I am going to take a picture of every single thing that I put into my mouth, every single thing that I eat, because I want to create that accountability for myself and to have that thought of if I do decide that I want to eat these potato chips, that I'm going to have to own that I ate those potato chips. I'm going to have to own it, not just in how my body is going to feel, but in the fact that other people are going to see that I ate those potato chips and that I ate the whole bag. And how does that feel? Um, <laughs> I've definitely, it's it feels embarrassing to say this, but I know that there are other people out there who have probably had this experience. So I'm just going to say it, but I've polished off a bag of potato chips late night after work on the couch and suddenly been like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. And really thankful that nobody saw it, especially when I chose to go and have ice cream after. Uh, But 
if somebody, you know, having having that accountability, thinking, oh, somebody's going to see this, changes my behavior, then I'm going to, yeah, I'll use that to my advantage, I guess. And it, it just like, it's like a second check of making me think about it. And I also think that in some way, whatever part of my overeating, it started when my parents weren't really around. Nobody was really around. I was left on my own. I didn't have anyone. Food was my someone. And if someone who cared for me and loved me had been there and to connect with and to maybe say, hey, hey, why don't we go do this instead of eating? That would have been better. I would, I, and I would have accepted that, I feel like. So it's almost like I want somebody to come and say, hey, hey, that's not okay. So, um, yeah. If I do decide to, to eat the whole bag of potato chips, it's going on Instagram. Um, and... I also um, want to talk about why this is going to be different. Uh, I was listening to a podcast about taking a break from drinking. Actually, I, th- I think that's the name of the podcast with a- another woman named Rachel, Rachel Hart. And she talked about all the times that she tried to change her drinking and also overeating how how she always thought okay this time's going to be different this time's going to be different but it really comes down to deciding that I am going to make this time different um and the ways that I am going to make this time different for me are that I'm doing this I'm talking about it it's not just in my head like there's accountability I'm publicly committing to it. And there are a few other things. Um, The public commitment, so sharing this journey with you, posting the pictures of the things that I want to eat. And then also, um, I'm getting curious. I'm bringing that curiosity in. I'm planning the ways that I'm going to make this different. And that involves examining why. Like, like I talked about with the drinking, why do I want this drink? What am I feeling right now? What will eating change? What will the food give me? What, what experience will it give me right now? What experience will it give me later? And what experience will I have without it? And what would I, what would I do if I was feeling light and happy and in flow? What what choice would I make then? So I'm speaking from a very calm and clear and conscious place right now. I know that when that urge to eat hits, that it's harder to bring this like logical part in the, the questions. But I'm going to try. I, you know, using my awareness and seeing what I'm doing, I'm going to attempt to bring curiosity in. And instead of giving in to the urge, this is something else that Brooke talks about, instead of giving in to the urge and eating or resisting the urge with my willpower, I'm just going to like allow it and feel it 
and be with it and all the emotion that comes from not doing the thing that I really want to do. And she, she, um, kind of makes the, um, comparison. Like it's like letting a toddler have its fit, just letting it cry, letting, letting the urge, like throw the fit until it stops. And eventually it will stop. If I give into it, it's just going to keep coming up, coming up because it knows that I'll answer it. But if I don't give into the urge, eventually it's going to lose its power. Um, and I'll get curious about why I, you know, I'll figure out why I'm having those urges in the first place, because underlying that is a thought that makes a feeling and drives me to eat. It's this, this think, feel, act cycle that both Brooke and Rachel talk about that I've been looking at my own life and seeing how, how it works. Um, it's really fascinating. Um, and those urges, that action of eating behind that is, uh, a feeling that came from a thought. So there's some feelings that I am not being with. And that's something that I think is going to be different this time that I'm willing to be with them because I've seen the way that avoiding the feelings manifests, creates the circumstances in my life. And I don't like it. Like I'm sick of it. I'm done. (laughs) And I want to, instead of always wanting to numb and, and escape from my life and by, you know, eating or having a drink or whatever. Um, I used to do this with cigarettes Not that I was a smoker for a long time, but I would smoke at parties and I realized that it was a social thing. It was a social, a feeling of social inadequacy. And when I made that association, it was like, okay, well, maybe I don't want to do this because I don't like the long-term effects. So I'd rather find a way to get comfortable and, and, be okay without that thing. So it's, it was easier for me to do with cigarettes, easy for me, easier for me to do with alcohol. Food has been a challenge and February I'm ready to commit to taking it on with, so I'm committing to it and I'm going to be compassionate with myself and curious about why I'm feeling the ways that I'm feeling and wanting to do the things that I want to do. So that's what's coming up for February. That's what you can expect to see on my social media over on Instagram at Unraveling Rachel. If you're interested in uh, following along and seeing how I do, or maybe even joining me, if you want to join me in your own whatever it is that you want to focus on, then join me. Uh, I'm going to, like I said, no sugar, more plants, lower carbs, hydration, uh, portions, mealtimes. That's going to be my main thing. I am going to have some meat on there. I am going to have fish on there, eggs. Um, so it, uh, there won't be any gluten. Um, but yeah, 
that's just me. You do you. You eat what you want to eat. And um, if I can inspire you along the way with my recipes and stuff, that'd be really cool. Uh, I'd love to see if you make anything that I make because um, I I might share. Well, I'm definitely, like I said, I'm going to take pictures of everything that I eat. Um, but I'll also be showing some of the combinations that I do. Easy meals. That's another thing. I want to simplify my eating because because food ha- is also a distraction it it takes me my this like obsession with food and wanting to eat keeps me in some sort of pattern of avoiding something that feels uncomfortable to deal with so a lot of energy goes towards food in my life, prepping food, eating food, thinking about food. And food is something that I enjoy. I think that there is beauty in food and how we nourish ourselves. But I would like to have more balance on that in my life. And and yet still be intentional with what I'm eating and create the things that I'm eating. Instead of just being like, okay, I don't want to focus on food. I'm going to order something in or have someone else make something for me. Because I think that that is just like a way around the problem. Instead of renegotiating, reevaluating, reestablishing my direct relationship with the food that I use to nourish my body. Um, And then the uh, last thing, so I had sharing the journey on Instagram, bringing curiosity into things um, and looking at that think, feel, act cycle. The third way that it's going to be different this time is another technique that I'm borrowing from Brooke Castillo, the urge jar. And it's getting 30 marbles in an empty jar. And when uh, I allow an urge... When I feel it, I allow it, I let it play out its thing, and then it passes. I get to go and take one of these marbles and put it in a jar and like rewire this reward pattern of rewarding an urge with giving into the urge to rewarding myself with a marble for not for not giving in, for allowing it and for letting it pass and getting through it and having that feeling of, hey, I can do this, which just reminded me of a really hard meditation sit that I had in Vipassana when the, um, when the AC went out and it was really hot and I had to sit and meditate for an hour and I felt like I couldn't breathe and I was going to suffocate and I was sweating and I was uncomfortable, but I stuck through it instead of getting up. And oh my gosh, I felt so on top of the world. I can feel the like tingling and freedom and expansion in my body right now as I close my eyes and remember how it felt to get through that and how hard it was in the in the moment. I mean, there were so many emotions there, but it it was amazing. It was so good. And if that if I, I think, 
because I have sat with some urges and let them go, I know that a similar feeling exists on the other side of that discomfort when I let these pass. So I'm going to be thinking more about that sort of feeling too, remembering that, remembering that it can be this other way. That's something that I mentioned in a recent Instagram post too, is that like that moment when I said, okay, like this anxiety, this overwhelm is BS. Like, yeah, that was a really real feeling because I had like, I had that moment of clarity, but anxiety was also very real too. Like it's all real and it's all going to change. So the urge is going to be really real. The, the sticking through and allowing it, it's going to be really real. Like that toddler in my head is going to be screaming for the chocolate or the chips or whatever. But then the quiet and the calm that comes after the tantrum is over is also going to be really real and comforting as well. Okay, so that is everything. That's the unraveling for this week. And I am hours away now, two hours away from going to the polyvagal theory for somatic movers class at Ginseng Yoga this weekend with uh, Tending to the Whole Self, Jennifer Samor, and it's a full class. I'm really excited to meet all the people there and to learn and and see just what comes of it, the connections, the information, the awareness in myself, and how that all is going to contribute to this really exciting, not always easy, um, but really rewarding path of growth that I feel like I've been embarking on um, with a lot more commitment, seriousness, intent uh, the last couple of months. It feels really good. So if you've been here with me through this, thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you and your commitment to where you are on your path. Um, oh, that's, that's reminds me one, one more thing that I want to mention. A friend of mine started his own podcast, um, called lift us up. So if you're interested in listening, check that out. Um, Nathan Gable, Nate Gable, am I saying your name right? I hope so. Um, (laughs) I don't think I've ever said your last name out loud, but he started a podcast and I am part of an inspiration for that. And that means the world to me. That means the world to me. Like I said, I would do this if nobody listened. The fact that there are listeners and that I've been able to share my story and have some sort of, there's been crossover influence or connection or insight um, on the receiving end in some way. Just, it means a lot to me. I think that's why we're all here is to connect in that way to connect and to, to feel that oneness and to feel held. The feeling of being held keeps coming up. And um, I like the feeling of being held. I like to be in spaces where I feel held. And I also like the feeling of being able to hold others. And I feel like that is part of, part of what I want 
to come through in a purposeful, meaningful way of existing in, in this, this plane of life existence that I have the privilege of participating in right now. Okay, that's all. Um, until next week's unraveling, I hope you're unraveling well, and we'll talk soon. Go follow me on Instagram. Lots of love to you. Bye.